Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. How are you doing this morning? Doing good, doing good. Now, I want to kind of keep telling you guys that we didn't do all the different decorations and the different lights just to do it. We, we did it ultimately as like a metaphor for what we've been talking about at Elevate over the past couple of weeks. Now, as of late, obviously with COVID and, and not being able to see kids as much, we have to be intentional with our time with our kids because they only come and see us maybe two hours out of the week, but we have to equip them for life. Does anybody hear me today? We have to equip them for life. And so we drive the point home about being a light. We drive the point home that if we call ourselves Christians, we have to live like Christ lives. If we call ourselves Christians, we have to do the things that Christ did. And so over the past couple of weeks, we've been standing on this scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And if you've been in church for any amount of time and went to Sunday school as a kid, you know this scripture. Matthew chapter 5, starting from verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I'm not the best title maker in, in all preacherdom, okay? <laughs> I have struggled sometimes making titles. I know I might, be, I might be missing a big moment. I know it's Halloween today, and people you know, see this as the darkest day of the year and all this other stuff, and I'm like, well, maybe I should make my title of my message like, give God glory, like, you know, G-L-O-W-R-Y. I know it's cheesy. I'm not going to be that guy, tomorrow, I promise. Or like, I don't know, let your light, some kind of light title. But I was convicted to do another title for today's message. And I hope you guys don't get too mad at me for not maybe capitalizing on the day or the occasion. But the title of today's message is a setup for a savior. A setup for a savior. Now, it's important that we put the light into context. When we talk about being a light before men, we're not talking about giving positivity. We're talking about being a light before men. We're not talking about giving good vibes when people are going through something. But when we're talking about the light as Christians, we recognize that light as Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to realize, like, look, we don't share the light on our own strength. We don't share the light with our, our, our own thoughts or our own wisdom. We share the light with the wisdom that God gives us. We share the light with the strength that God gives us. I love the verse, and I read it during today's huddle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We, know, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. Let's get out of the mindset that it's, it's our own goodness that makes this light shine. 
Let's get out of the mindset that, that it's, it's, it's our good, just our good deeds that makes this light shine. But it's the Jesus Christ, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that's on the inside of us. And that's that same spirit that we shine that light with. So our first point, and I'm sorry, and I know I'm a youth pastor. I try to make my points again. We only have a little bit of time with your youth or our youth, and I have to make the points as simple as possible. So if it's a little bit too elementary for you, still write it down. I promise it'll make sense to you later. But our first point is this. Our light does not shine without experiencing the fullness of who Jesus is. I'm going to say that again. Our light does not shine without experiencing the fullness of who Jesus is. Now, over these past couple of years, I don't know how many of you guys have been with us uh, for years. The church didn't always look like this. We didn't have all the lights. And especially this Sunday, we don't always have UV lights. But when I tell you I've done more research on lights and light bulbs over the past two years during phase two and everything like that. Preparing for you Sunday, I'm like, okay, how can I put as much UV light in the sanctuary without giving people cancer or something? Or like... People leaving, it's like, why do you look like you got a 10? Wasn't it like raining and like cloudy on Sundays? Like, yeah, I went to church. <laughs> it was you Sunday. They had UV lights everywhere. But here's the thing. When it comes to lights, regardless, and you know, there's different types of lights in here. There's LED lights. There's a fluorescent lights up here. And I did the research on the origin of the light. And the cool thing about it is, is like, simply enough that there's a filament in the light. For those of you guys that still use old school light bulbs, there's a filament in the light and basically you send electricity to that filament in order for it to glow, right? Now, whether it be a fluorescent light or LED light or the house lights or the lights that are on stage, none of them light up without receiving power. None of them light up without having electricity. Same way, listen, if you want to be a person that shares the light in your community, a person that shares the light in the darkness, you're not going to be able to share that light without Jesus. So you trying to put the weight of trying to share the light to your community, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your classmates on your own is a futile, it's a futile work. We need Jesus to share this light. We have to experience him in the fullness of who he is. And if you're a Christian, you've experienced that light that Jesus brings. How many people are familiar with the woman caught in adultery? Anybody familiar with that story? If not, we're going to read it today. John chapter 8. I'm going to go to verse 2. If you got your Bibles and you're there, tell me you're there. Yep. If you don't have your Bibles, look up the Sky Bible. That game showed me that we need to have more physical Bibles, for sure. They're used to going click, click, click. Hey, I'm there. I'm there. John chapter 8, verses 2. And this is a story. This is Jesus in the synagogue. It reads this. It says, now early in the morning, he came again to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had her set in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Pause there. How do you catch somebody in adultery if you already weren't there? That kind of makes you go like, bro, what were you, what were y'all doing? Back to verse five, it says, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said this testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stopped down and wrote on the ground with his finger 
and as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the stone at her first. A lot of preachers stop right there and be like, don't judge. But we're going to keep going. Verse 8. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Somebody say the light. Light. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a whole lot to unpack there. A lot of times, uh, uh, people in the world or people who use this verse of Scripture and be like, hey, don't judge. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge. But I think there's a bigger picture that we need to see from this passage in Scripture. We have to, before we kind of move on, I kind of want us to put condemnation in context. When it comes to sharing the light, when it comes to being a Christian in circles that might not be Christian, what tends to happen? Because we read it in Matthew chapter 5. Generally, for us as Christians to not feel judged or for us not to make people feel judged, we kind of turn our light down a little bit so that we make sure they don't feel condemned. But here's something I want to share with you guys today, okay? Jesus didn't dim down the truth in order to give her grace. Are you guys listening? Jesus didn't omit the truth in order to give her grace. It's like this. It's like you guys know when you guys go down the road, do you guys ever see those white and green and red and yellow signs that are kind of like on the side of the road? You guys see those that drive? You see that? And generally, this is what happens. You might have a, a, a sign that tells you, hey, in this zone, you have to go a certain speed. Hey, at this point in the road, you need to stop. Hey, at this point, yield. Make sure you know that there are, there are children around. Those signs aren't the signs that give you the ticket. Those signs are the ones that tell you that, look, if you don't follow these rules, this will happen. Where are you going, Pastor JR? What do you mean? What's up with this whole metaphor and analogy? Listen, when you share the truth, when you share the truth in grace, listen, you're not condemning that person by sharing with them the truth. But you're warning them, you're letting them out. Look, if you continue down this path, it's not going to end well for you. Dead end signs, stop signs. If you continue down this path, it's not going to end well for you. Who Jesus was is like, he was somebody that, that, that exemplified full truth and full grace. When Jesus saw this woman, listen, she was caught in adultery. Regardless of how you try to spin the story, she was in the wrong. In this story, according to the Mosaic law, she was supposed to be put to death. That was all true. That was all right. But what did Jesus offer her? He offered her grace. What did he say? He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It's like, look, this is the truth of the matter. You did wrong. You made a mistake. But right now I'm going to show you grace. He showed her grace. J.R., what's the point that you're trying to say? That if we're going to be a light to the people in our communities, if we're going to be a light in the darkness, we have to show full truth and full grace. You guys listening? Full truth and full grace. And there's usually two sides to teeter. A lot of times we know the truth and we figure, well, maybe I need to give them more grace so that we don't tell the people that are sinning the exact truth of what they're doing. 
For example, people that, you know, are, are shacking up or people that are having sex outside of marriage, like, hey, just don't mention that part of the Bible so that they don't get offended. Or people that are dealing with homosexuality or dealing with lying or dealing with cheating or, or, or doing all these different things. Don't talk about that part of the Bible. We don't want to lose any members. Full truth, full grace, that in that moment, she deserved to die, and yet Jesus gave her grace. If you guys aren't catching the story, for those of you that have experienced who Jesus is, you guys, it's not just teaching us a story of not being a hypocrite. It's teaching us this, that when we were wrong, when we fell short, when we were enemies and sinners against God, he gave us an opportunity for grace. This is the reminders that, look, because I've experienced this this great grace, because I've experienced this great truth that I deserve death, I deserve hell, and yet Jesus gave me grace. I can't help but share this light to other people because, look, you've fallen short, you made mistakes just like I did, but yet I was still able to receive that grace. Showing the fullness of who Jesus is because we've experienced the fullness of who Jesus is. I won't be ashamed of what Jesus has done for me. I won't be ashamed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That look, I was once a sinner. I was once lost. I was once uh, on my way to hell. And then Jesus showed up. This is the light that we have to share. That we can't be afraid to, to hide one part just so that we can get people to like Jesus. No, we're not called to like Jesus. We're called to love him. Jesus is not a used car. We don't have to try to sell Jesus. Jesus convicts himself. He says the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. So stop trying to be the person that gets people saved and give them Jesus. John chapter 3, verses 17. It says this. It says, for God, not, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light came into the world and men loved their darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen. But they have been done in God. There are going to be many times, and listen, this is just the reality of some things. You can, you, can, you can give the greatest message or the greatest sermon of all time, and people still won't choose God. Why? Because they love what they're doing more than they, they want to give themselves to God. That's the ugly truth. I have family members right now that most of us are saved. I have family members right now that need Jesus. And being in the church, being a preacher myself, I want to be like, I want to give them the message. I want to give them the gospel. I want to uh, uh, be there when they get saved. But ultimately, I know my responsibility is to share the light and God do the rest of the work. That for some of you guys, I, I, I know some of you guys have family members. Some of you guys have friends that you truly love. But do your part and share the light and let God do the rest. Don't withhold anything. I know you love them, but nobody loves them more than God loves them. Continue to be that light. Our first point was this. It was our light does not shine without experiencing the fullness of who Jesus is. And our second point is this. Our light does not shine without exposing who Jesus is. 
without exposing who Jesus is. Matthew chapter 5, it said, let your light so shine before men. In, in, in this particular context, in Matthew chapter 5, in the household, in the Jewish household, it was like completely open. It was like you could see all the rooms. You could see everywhere in the room. So when people came over, when you put a lampstand out, it's not like they, did, they just flipped the switch. When you put the lamp out, it had a purpose. It was meant to light the house. It was meant so that when people came into communion in your life, they saw the light so that they can have relationship with you. It's important that in every circumstance, in every part of our lives, that we continue to share that light. Over the past couple of weeks, how many people are in growth groups? Who's in a growth group in here? Wow, a lot of hands. It's important. So, like, we do an athlete's chapel. We recognize that, A, people go through life. Kids have lives. They play sports. And over the past couple of months, because kids have been in football and, and volleyball and doing different stuff, softball, um, we are like, okay, like 50% of our kids aren't even showing up to elevate. How can we meet them where they're at? Okay, cool. Most times, more than not, there are not games on Sunday. So we'll, we'll, we'll start a growth group for athletes so they can still be connected to the community of God. So some of the learnings that we've been doing has been talking about how you use your platform. That you don't need to be a preacher on Sunday to have a platform. That you don't need to have a microphone to have a platform. That wherever you work, Wherever you go to school, the relationship that you have, the circle of life that you have is your platform to preach the gospel. It doesn't always look like a three-point sermon. It looks like you living out the work that God has done through you. So how are you exposing that light, that light of Jesus to the communities that you're in? Are you hiding? It's like, look, I, 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 I'm hiding my light from my coworkers because I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Or I'm hiding my light from my classmates and I don't want them to think that I'm just this crazy Christian. Or I'm hiding my light from my family members because I don't want to make them feel judged. No, be a light. That you can be a light, like we talked about before, filled with grace and truth. And we don't try to fabricate a way to share the light, but share the light that, that Jesus gave us. In John chapter 1, it says this. And John was like a perfect example. It's talking about John the Baptist. He said this in, in John chapter 1, verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. J.R., why would you read all of that to say what you need to say? I'm making the point. With, with, with scripture is the fact that Jesus operated in full grace and full truth. 
That if we're going to be effective in sharing our life, if we're going to be effective, effective in sharing the gospel, we have to share the gospel in the way that Jesus presented himself in full grace and full truth. There's an article that we, have, uh, we had found in the Gospel Coalition written by Kevin DeYoung back in June of 2014. It says this. It says, Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth, all grace, all truth, all the time. But he didn't, he didn't come simply to give us an example of grace and truth. He came to save us in grace and truth. It's only after we've been saved and made right with God that God says, all right, now that I have been saved through Jesus, you need to know that I have saved you to look like Jesus. The motivation to be full of grace and truth is not because we need to earn God's favor, but because being a follower of Jesus Christ means we look like the one we follow. We look like the one we follow. I'm not telling you to go out after, after church today and to have like this whole script written. It's like, okay, when I see a person that's dealing with this, I'm going to say this to him. When I'm dealing with a person that's saying this, I'm going to have this message for him. Sometimes, and this has happened to me a lot with your kids, is that I have to be prepared for any time at any moment. That's not by me making up a sermon. That's not by me making up something like, okay, if they say this, I'm going to say this. It's by filling myself up and allowing Jesus to shine through me to be effective. We had a hard teaching on Thursday. We had a hard teaching. And this, I could tell this kid was like, I'm struggling with what you just taught. I'm not going to go into detail. But he's like, I'm struggling with what you just taught because I don't feel like I agree with that. I don't feel like I can get with that. I, I have friends that I love. And if I tell them the truth, what is it? I'm not just their friend anymore. I'm like, look, man, first off, let's calm down for a second because you're getting kind of loud. Okay. <laughs> But in all seriousness, it was in that moment where I was reminded of the verse in Scripture where it says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because I just as easily could have just gave, given him something and he could have been like, that's it. I'm walking away from God. But in that moment, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or, or pop my own collar, whatever it means. I, I, I say that to say that, look. The more and more you spend time in relationship with God, when these moments come up, you can give them what you've been pouring into yourself. You guys understanding me? That if you're constantly filling yourself up with the world, you're going to give the world when you're being squeezed. If you constantly fill yourself up with Jesus, when those times come, when you're squeezed, you're pressured, when you need to give an answer for your faith, you're going to give Jesus and not what you think. You're going to give the word and not what you think. You're going to give full grace and truth and not just what you think. Here's how we've experienced grace and truth. And I'm going to end with this. In Romans chapter 5, it says this. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a, man, for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from, from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we are also rejoiced in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Full grace, full truth. That we were enemies of God. That we were sinners. That we fell short. 
and that we deserved to go to hell. And yet, because of his great love, because of his great mercy, because of his great grace, that God afforded us an opportunity to be made right with him again through his son, through the sacrifice that his son made. This is the power that we can, that we can use to be a light into our communities. It's like, look, if God can save a wretch like me, he can save a wretch like my friends. He can save a wretch like my family members. He can save a wretch like the people that I work with. This is the testimony that we have to operate in. Look, if God has afforded me grace, the, the, the chief of sinners, the worst sinners that there was, then he can afford you grace too. And if we can all stand to our feet. When we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we came to a knowledge of who he was, he died for us. He made a way for us to be made right with him. Full grace, full truth, all the time. I'm encouraging you guys, and, and, and even more so, I want to empower you guys to look at this. It's like, look, the commands that God gives you, he's going to make a way so that you can do that command. The vision that God gives you, he's going to give you provision for that vision. So if God has called you to be a light, he's going to empower you to do that very thing. giving full grace and full truth all the time. The only way to do that is through Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. We didn't just have a glow party to have fun. We had a glow party to make a point that without his power and without his light, we can't be effective in the things that he called us to do. I love the way that Pastor Terry Bates has said about it like a couple weeks ago. He was saying that it's not just the preachers and the pastors and the leaders that need to be anointed and to have power. It's all of us that need to be anointed and have power. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and want to receive Jesus, you're here today, you want to receive that fullness of grace that we had talked about. The truth is that we're all sinners. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. And without God's righteousness, we're nothing. And yet because of his love, he makes an opportunity for us to be made right with him. If you're here today and you want to accept Jesus Christ, accept this fullness of grace that he has allotted towards us, I want you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. I'm seeing like glow sticks pop up everywhere. <laughs> just like we sang before in that song, Refiner, it's not just about you being sorry. It's not just about a moment. It's about you making the decision to live for Christ from this day forward. Just like Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Only Jesus can give that power. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God.
God, I thank you for opportunities to be made right with you, God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy, God. I thank you for the several hands that got raised, Lord God, to give their lives to you, Lord. God, I am praying that even now, God, that you are softening hearts, Lord God. Not just for the sake of being sorry, not just for the sake of being convicted in the moment, God, but that our hearts will be softened so that we can bear fruit in our lives. God, continue to mold us in your image. Continue to make us more and more like you. Creating us clean hearts, God. Renewing us right spirits. Allow us to live for you from this day forward. God, we recognize you today not just as Savior, but as Lord. That we will mind the signs in the spiritual road, God. God, we will mind that the, the, the light and lamp that you provide for us to live a righteous life. God, we are no longer the people that we used to be. We are no longer the, 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 the things that people used to call us, God, but we have been made righteous in you. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you lead us, that you guide us, and you protect us. Give us your wisdom. Give us your strength today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up real quick? Now listen, if you've given your life to Christ today, I saw your hands. I promise I'm not making this up. I saw the hands. If you've given your life to Christ today, I'm going to need you to head to the Welcome, welcome Center. We want to get you connected. It's not just you doing one prayer. We want to show you what it means to live a life more abundantly. So get connected. Start your growth track. Figure out how you can impact this community and lead people to the truth that you've just experienced. So, that more or less concludes this service. But before we get there, it's still Pastor Appreciation Month, you guys. Can we get up for our pastors real quick? 